Hi, welcome to the Tabernacle Talks podcast. My name is Gary Boyd, and I'm the pastor of the Collinsville Baptist Tabernacle. We're so glad that you've joined us for today's episode. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage and challenge the members of our church through interviews and discussions. We hope that today's interview will be a blessing to all of our listeners. Well, today we're joined with my good friend, Fernando Padilla. Brother Fernie, we're glad to have you here with us. Brother Fernando is a missionary to Germany and has already spent one term on the field. They're home on furlough, and we've been supporting them since 2018 and got to get an update from them this past weekend at our church. And Brother Fernie, thank you so much for being willing to come onto the podcast and share some things with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me on. We really appreciate you all uh, supporting us, just being so faithful to support and also to pray for us while we've been on the field. Brother Fernando and I went to school together, and uh, I'm always a little bit jealous of him. He never seems to change, uh, still looks very young, and uh, but I'm, I'm grateful for Brother Fernie's friendship and his testimony in the ministry. It's great to see folks staying faithful and true throughout the years. Brother Fernie, let's go ahead and get into the uh, questions that we have for today. And um, tell us a little bit about how the Lord led you and your family to go to the country of Germany. And uh, you talked about it a little bit in our service yesterday. But obviously, you're already bilingual. And so now adding a third language, that's a pretty impressive feat. Well, uh, God definitely equips us when he calls us. And so uh, I always um, get a kick out of... Uh, explaining to people how God called this Mexican or, you know, um, Spanish speaker speaker to, to Germany. So um, going back to, you know, my salvation, I was saved as a teenager. And uh, shortly after my salvation, I was in Bible college. And I had uh, a good friend who was, uh, you know, I was following in, in, in his footsteps, kind of. I had seen him go to Bible college and it seemed like a, a fun thing to do and a, and a good thing to do and so I was there and uh, there was a missionary that came to the school and uh, did a, a short presentation and it was uh, really n- nothing really out of the ordinary for me um, it was brother Tom Hastings who was is a mission was a missionary to Germany for many years and somebody else preached that chapel service. I don't remember, honestly, who it was or what the message was even about, but I, I distinctly remember the invitation. Uh, I was praying a prayer that was, you know, not all that unlike what I would pray just for God's wisdom and God's direction. And I felt like as I prayed that in my heart, the Lord said, I want you to go to Germany. And I said, what? That doesn't make any sense. I'm Mexican. I speak Spanish. Um, I would I would expect to you know go to a Spanish speaking place or something like that. But uh, it was like in, in my heart, the Lord answered my my objection and my skepticism and said, uh, "It's God. It doesn't need to make sense." And I, I want you to go to Germany. And so I was I was really excited, um, but also somewhat unsure. You know. I think that one of the challenging things in prayer and one of the reasons that Christians don't pray as much as as maybe we ought to, it's because it's hard. It's hard to to discipline and focus our minds. I have experienced this often where just random thoughts will just pop into my head. And so I was I was unsure I'd never been, you know, I'd never experienced anything like that. I'm like, is this even like the thing? Like, is this how it works? 
Uh, so I shared it with a few friends there at college, and I, I had Germany on my radar uh, for you know the time after that, and it just seemed like the Lord kept bringing it up in small ways. One thing I, I remember that was, I mean, some people would maybe write it off as insignificant, but I was working at Lowe's there in Oklahoma City and had a, a co-worker who was not a believer, not nothing affiliated at all with the school or anything like that. And, and we were stocking shelves and he looked over at me as we were working and said, you know where I've really wanted to go? Germany. And he starts going on and on about, you know, the benefits of Germany and how beautiful it is. And then, you know, um, and that just, I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting, you know, just out of nowhere. And, and there were a number of other things like that, that occurred. Um, but I, as I had Germany on my heart and I, at the time I had been planning to go to school for just one year, a Bible certificate. Um, but I went on visitation one, one morning with, um, brother Jason Gaddis. He was the college and career director at the time. And we just, uh, you know, had a, had a good conversation in the morning there, uh, knocking doors. And he's like, so how's everything going? And I said, well, pretty good. I, I think I might be called to Germany, but I'm not really sure. And so he asked me a question and said, well, are you going to wait for him to call you again? Is that, is that what you're waiting on? And I kind of hemmed and hawed and I was like, well, no, I guess he already called me, you know, but, uh, I, I, I just, I'm not, not positive that that is what the Lord wants. And so he, he gave me some, some very just common sense, uh, but very, I think profound advice. He said, when God calls you to something, it's a call to prepare. And if you surrender to that process somewhere along the way, uh, he's going to either close doors and make it clear that that's not what he wants, or he's going to continue to confirm that call. And, you know, that made a lot of sense. And so I said, okay, well, uh, shortly after that, I said, Lord, I'll, I'll go four years and I'm going to prepare to serve you in ministry. Um, and if you want me to go to Germany, just, just please make it clear. And to make a long story a little bit shorter, I interned for a pastor in Arkansas and I lived with him, and it was a really a wonderful experience. Uh, not coming from a Christian home, I got to you know really experience a ministry family life. And at the end of that internship, the pastor he challenged me to pray that God would make a way for me to go to Germany. And at the time, I I looked at him like he was crazy because I had had to miss out a semester of school because of finances. Um, I was a college student and, and pretty much broke, you know, that kind of goes with the territory um, often, uh, but traveling the world is very expensive and I was aware of that and I, I just, that was not at all part of my my uh, my thought process at the time. But uh, I, I took him up on the challenge and I do remember I made a specific and a specific effort to pray that God would do that and I forgot about it uh, until the end of my junior year. Uh, Dr. House, the academic dean of, of students at the time, approached me and and asked me about my call to Germany, uh, kind of an out out just in the hallway, and uh, didn't do a lot of explanation, uh, but set, asked me to sit up front at the graduation conference. They were going to have something for me, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that sounds interesting." And it wasn't until the next day I was sitting there in, in the chapel, and the missions teacher. And uh, Brother John Landy, who is now a missionary as well, 
they opened this envelope and it was a scholarship and they were reading all of these, you know, qualifications and different things. And what it was, was a thousand a, dollar check for a student who was burdened for Germany. It had been given specifically with that in mind. It had never been done before. And, you know, part of receiving a scholarship is applying for one. And I didn't do that either. So that was a, a tremendous confirmation, you know, a big green light flashing, you know, like God wants you to go to Germany. He's answered your prayer and he's He's equipping you to go there. And as I went there and I spent 30 days um uh, December of 2011, or excuse me, 2010, um, I visited with veteran missionaries, and it's like their spirit bear witness with my spirit, and it just, I just sensed that the Lord really was, was in this, and so I, the call is such an interesting topic to me, because I, this is how it happened in my case, and I've talked to a lot of preachers about this, and uh, I see in Acts 13, 1 through 4, that there is a working of the Holy Spirit to direct in a personal way to call people. And, and I believe that he did that in a very unique way and in my life. I, I don't know that I can say that that is necessary for it to happen that way for everyone. I don't think it's like a formula, like mathematical. But that's the way the Lord did it in my life. And I find that that call and the, the certainty... Um, with which God led, uh, has been essential to my, to my survival and all to a great degree, my enjoyment of the mission field. I am, I am 100% sure, um, that this is what God has for us now. And when we're, when we face obstacles and when we face difficulties and, and, you know, things on the mission field that aren't always, uh, fun, I, I just rest and, and knowing that God is with us and he called me there. And so it's incumbent upon him to provide and to lead and direct and open doors. And that's a huge, huge blessing and an encouragement to me as a missionary, uh, knowing that that is what God wants. Although it doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, if you take a step back, um, one interesting thing about my, my specific call to Germany is that I grew up bilingual and my first language was Spanish. Um, but being bilingual has been a huge, um, benefit to me and an advantage in learning German. I, I'm still learning, but I preach without an interpreter and began doing so shortly after arriving on the field in 2019. Um, and so God, God has equipped me in a unique way too. And I, I, I have to recognize that, that, you know, God knew what he was doing, so... That's, that's a little bit about how God led specifically to Germany. Well, I sure appreciate you being willing to share so much about uh, how God did lead you that in that direction. And part of the purpose of this podcast is that uh, some of our church members and I guess anybody that would be listening would hear different stories and testimonies. And like you said, it's not always the same for everybody, but that they would hear how God worked in your life and then they would maybe identify how he's working in their own lives as well. Um, tell us a little bit about Germany. What are the German people like? What's it like being there? What is the culture like? Obviously, the whole world seems to be becoming more uh, diversified. Uh, how do you see that playing out in Germany? Yeah, so Germany is, I mean, it's a very popular tourist attraction. Uh, there's, there's just so much history there. 
and there's so much natural beauty in the south you have the alps um which are just i mean breathtakingly beautiful and it's just the nature and in the east it's a little bit more flat in the west it's it's more hilly where we're going to the city of essen um but it's a it's a very it's a very unique society and to me um i i really see the germans as uh having an exceptional culture i mean i think there's a lot of similarities with like even the japanese people and um, their their discipline and their engineering and just the, their 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 pride and and when i think about how they've affected um the development of western civilization it's really astonishing how much uh, the german people and their culture has has shaped our modern way of life and our modern way of thinking and uh unfortunately in, in a lot of ways and with that regard even theologically um but the german people are um you know they have a reputation of being a little bit more stoic a little bit more reserved um they they have some really um really awesome character traits and i'm speaking very generally here about about uh you know a lot of people here uh so there's obviously obviously going to be exceptions but um friendships are 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 things that Germans highly value and they don't engage very quickly um with you they they won't open up you know to strangers but i find that over the years as they see who you are and as they be you know begin to trust you they are extremely loyal and extremely faithful and that that's true even when it comes to church you know um it takes time for for people to get saved generally speaking but when they do get saved i mean i i see a really a depth of of spiritual commitment to the lord and to church um that uh is not always the case i mean i'm not saying that doesn't exist in america also but um I think that's um a more more prevalent uh in in my experience just in the general German uh culture but uh my heart to be totally frank with you is more than anything it's just it's broken for the German people and um I think that part of it is is because they they are so proud of I mean their their ability and their ethic and their I would even say they're pretty moral people um m- I mean for me growing up you see money on the ground you're like well it's mine now and in Germany that's not always the case i mean if it's not theirs they'll they'll leave it and all that belongs to someone else but even that morality you know can lead people to think you know well i'm not that bad and there's just so many things in in the german culture that um i think tend to be obstacles for spiritual growth and, and spiritual um acceptance of Christ, you know. So um the the need is, is so great and the thing that drives me more than anything is just it really it goes back to the call and and as I study God's word um I just I view the the local church as the means by which God has has designed to reach reach German people and reach all people. And so I'm I'm just so excited about uh going back and uh I, and I do I miss it. Uh we were there for 3 years, but I'm I'm so anxious to get back and to be 
just to be among the German people, to continue to learning, to continue on that adventure that uh, that is learning the language, that is learning the culture, that is uh, all of those things that that come along with with being a missionary. Um, so I'm I'm still I'm still learning a lot, and I recognize that I we've been there for three years, but we we still have so much to learn about about those people. But we really love being there. You know, you you said previously when we were talking, you know. <clears throat> About those three years, we're perhaps the three hardest years, you know, that our generation might face uh, with COVID and the global pandemic. And I know we've talked a little bit about what it was like for you guys to be there. Um, tell us a little bit about Germany during COVID. What was it like for y'all? Uh, obviously, you know, you've you've told us about the call and the the empowerment that comes from knowing that you're called to be there. Uh, how does all that fit together? knowing that God placed you there for that time. Mm -hmm. And what was that like for you and your family? Yeah, that, that was, like you said, um, a really interesting time in the world. The world, in a lot of ways, seemed like it lost its mind, you know. And uh, fear uh, really manifested itself in, in a lot of people's lives. And so... I mean, just the progression of the pandemic was really interesting. I was in language school in January of 2020, and right at the end of that course, it's when you started to hear about different cases spreading, and there was like a case that was found in Munich when I was going to school there. And as a missionary, I had a you know a little little baby at home at the time, and you know, you feel like a little bit at a, of a deficit when you're on the mission field, or at least we did, just because we're unfamiliar, we're, our, our fluency in the language was not not perfect. So we struggle somewhat to understand and also to communicate. And so I, I was, you know, very cautious at first, and I was like, well, what is this? You know, like, is this pretty pretty crazy, you know? And um, so I, I don't ever want to diminish, you know, the people who really did suffer and, and, and uh, experience loss and, and different things like that. And I I never want to make light of that. But I think at first, you know, the Germans were extremely careful. And that's, that's another trait of German society in general is they're very safety conscious. Uh, they, they're not the most optimistic people you know, generally. And so, <laughs> um, they, they took things very seriously and a lot of, a lot of countries did around the world. Uh, but they, you know, to com give us a, a comparison, I, I, from what I saw, and I was obviously wasn't here in the States when this was going on, but from what I heard about the things that California put in place, i I feel like Germany was, you know, right, right along with them, if not a little bit more, um, uh, extreme, if I can say it that way, about some of the restrictions. I mean, for a long time, we were not able to go out after, you know, like 9 p.m. or or maybe it was 10 p.m. And so uh, there was an instance where I was, that we were out doing work for the church, the brother Seth Richards and I, and um, we got pulled over by the police because we had pulled into a McDonald's and we we're just going to grab a quick bite. They had just closed, so we didn't get anything, but uh, we were questioned, you know, and so they were they were pretty um, vigilant and, and uh, kept people accountable for the rules that they had put in place. Um, it it did begin to weigh on me, you know, with time, um, especially as, as it seemed that different variants and things like that, you know, were 
the situation wasn't as dire and unknown as it was initially. And um, we, you know, became very um, accustomed to wearing masks everywhere we went. And um, that was that was like the minor stuff. You know, we were restricted from, from different places that we could go at times and, and different things like that. There were two different times that we were prohibited from meeting in church. But one of the interesting things... Um, about Germany is that it's really unique because it's it used to be communist partly you know the east east germany uh was ruled by a communist government and so i was really uh it was really interesting to see and i was encouraged by the the people um who grew up under that kind and and i even got to meet a man who escaped from communist germany with his family as as a child and so they they were um ready to be defiant and uh, their mentality was, uh, I mean, I guess some people would say that they were maybe biased, you know, because of the, the kind of government that they were under. Um, but when it came to like things that some people could call government overreach and, you know, overly restrictive, they were, they were pretty ready to, to, you know, be disobedient. And so it was just an interesting mentality uh, and perspective that they brought that, you know, government is only as good as the people that, that direct it. And so that's and not, not to get into conspiracy theories and all this. I think there's, there's a balance, but, um, you know, the government can be the source of some, some evil. And obviously if you look into Germany's history, um, they made that pretty clear. And so it was, it was really interesting. I really, really feel like the Lord gave us a lot of grace and I, I sometimes bucked at, at being there under somebody else's authority. You know, I was kind of an assistant, really an intern as we integrated into the culture. And, and I felt like, Lord, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm like ready to go, you know, uh, I was preaching, like I said, without an interpreter, and it wasn't perfect, but I, I feel like people were very encouraging to me. And as all of this developed, the Lord just kind of made it extremely clear. It's a lot better for you to be under someone's direction, somebody who has a grasp on the German mentality and the culture. And, you know, if you're nav navigating these waters on your own, you could easily get into a lot of trouble. So I, I really th am thankful for for the leadership of, of Brother Seth Richards there on the mission field. And I think the Lord gave him a lot of wisdom through something that was, I think, for pastors all over the world, a very, very challenging and confusing and and uh, difficult time. Um, but the Lord got us through it, and I don't know what what lies ahead. They've they've announced, you know, going forward that they won't in, in, uh, employ some of the measures that they did before, shutdowns and lockdowns and different things like that. But they're very based on like the numbers, and so if their their medical system becomes overwhelmed, then I don't know uh, what what to expect. But uh, you know, we're still called to go and reach people, even if there's some obstacles and difficulty. So, yes, sir. Now, I mean, looking to the future, and obviously there are a lot of unknowns, but uh, you guys do have some uh, some plans for when you head back. I believe you're heading back in March, and. Um, you guys are looking and have identified a city, uh, an area that you're targeting for your first church plant. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you expect um, 
to experience? What are some of your your goals, your methods that you're going to employ as you prepare to start that first church? And tell us about where where that's going to be and uh, what you're looking forward to about it. Yeah, so I am at the same time scared out of my mind <laughs> and just super excited to to begin this next phase of ministry. So I've, I've been praying for the city of Essen uh, since the first time I went there in 2011, um, 2010 into 2011. Um, this city has been on my heart. It's been a burden and it just, it's never gone away. And, and even now, as I, as I think, hmm, what if I went somewhere else? It's like the Lord just like wrenches my heart and it's like, they have no lighthouse. Um, you know, there's, there's no good church there. And I just feel um, so burdened for this place. Um, we're, we're going to a suburb of Essen, and it's called Essen Verden. I was really shocked the first time I went there. We had been under, under all these lockdowns and stuff, and I had been wanting to go up there. And finally, the door opened, and I was able to go. And I was just in a time of really seeking the Lord, and Lord, just show me and, and, and guide me. And I, I made the mistake, which... You know, believe I believe it was the Lord uh, showing me some things about the, the city and the need there. I, I went to downtown Essen, and it was nine o'clock at night when I was able to get there. So I just went down to the to the in. They call it the Innenstadt. It's the it's like the inner city, but it's like the the square kind of where a lot of shopping is and and restaurants and different things like that. And so I went walking down there, and man, it was rough. I felt like, am I back in, am I back in Juarez? Like, seriously, it was like, uh, I saw uh, a lot of drunk people, uh, homeless looking people. Um, I was by myself and, you know, I'm not, you know, the most physically intimidating person, but I've been around, you know, different situations and stuff. So I think I know how to handle myself in, in those kinds of, you know, uh, you don't look too aggressive, and, but you don't look scared either. And so you just kind of keep going, doing your thing. And so I was approached by three different drunk people that night. The one of them uh, had just been tended to by the ambulance. So I was like walking. There's like an old church there. And I'm looking around and stuff. And um, yeah, the ambulance, had, he gets up and he's just totally, I mean, in a stupor, like stumbling around. And he's like, Hey, you know, trying to talk to me. And, um, I walk like 10 feet and there's another guy and he's like trying to like say stuff. So really like dystopian, um, which I did not expect because my picture and my experience of Germany, especially down in Bavaria, it's a lot nicer down there. Uh, generally safer. It's more expensive down there, but, uh, at drugs, are such a destructive force in any any part of the world, in any society. And I saw that same ambulance that tended to that man go just go from one person to the next, and I don't think it made it like 50 yards that night uh, before it went somebody else. And so I went down to the train station, which at the time I didn't realize it. Those are typically hot spots for crime uh, throughout throughout Germany. <laughs> so I saw a lot of police there and stuff. Nothing happened or anything like that. But it was just like, whoa, is this Germany? Like, is this really? Like, uh, I didn't I didn't expect to see this. Now, um, just to give context, that was 
partly due to the time of day. I, I, I've gone since then in the daytime, and there's families out, you know, ladies out, children out, uh, shopping, running errands, and different things like that. So it's not like that all the time, you know, but it was just something unique, and I feel like the Lord uh, showed me that. One, one of the saddest things that I saw was, I mean, it was a young couple. I mean, they were probably in their 20s or 30s, and they were, I was, I was walking around just looking at things, um, just trying to take in, you know, um, not, not looking for trouble, not anything crazy. Um, but they were like, they had blankets over them and they were like, like oddly at the front of this, like an entrance to the shoe store and everything was already closed. So it wasn't, that wasn't an issue, but as as I walked around, and I was kind of like looking because it was kind of concealing what they were doing. Obviously, they were doing drugs, but when when they kind of sat up, the the sheet fell down, and you could just see their bones, like every striation in their musculature. And it, I mean, it was just like zombies, you know. And I just was so like brokenhearted that you know they don't have hope, you know, that they. Um, man, there's, there's such a need there. And I'm so thankful the Lord, um, showed me that, that that's not, that's not the picture of all of Essen, but I, I believe that God was, uh, showing me what I needed to see to, to help me understand, you know, the depth of, of fallenness and darkness that those people are in. And, um, yeah, so, um, we're, we're going back there. <laughs> um, as I, as we were seeking, um, I, I don't necessarily feel led, led to go into that inner city at this time. We, as I was looking around, I found a community south, just south of Essen. It's a, it's a suburb. It's called Essen Verden. And what struck me about that place is I went to this, this park. It's really cool. It's in the middle of a river. It's kind of an island and they've built, you know, all kinds of parks and stuff like that or a, a really nice park. There's lots of families. I saw a lot of young families and it felt safe. And I think, uh, that's, that's, um, that's a priority to me. Uh, just that, that we will be able to provide a place where families can come and feel safe. And I'm not saying that, you know, but, rough neighborhoods don't need churches, but, um, I think that's, that's how the Lord is directing us at this time. And so we're, we're praying that God would open the doors to go to, to Verdon. We're still looking for a home. We're still looking for a place to meet. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly looking online and seeing what's open. My, my prayer and my desire is to find a storefront or something that, something that has a presence in the community. Generally speaking, the, the task of building a church in Germany, it takes time. I mean, it takes decades. And that's that's the mentality that I'm coming in with. And I, I don't want to be pessimistic in my outlook. I want to, I want to have faith and I, I pray and, and hope that God will give us a great harvest. But I'm also determined and I'm also um, not going to be uh, swayed by whether we have, you know, a big start or not, or whether we have anyone or not. Um, but I think it's important to have somewhere that people, somewhere that people recognize, somewhere that's accessible and, uh, hopefully somewhere that has parking, 
You know, it's all these little practical details that uh, that can keep people from coming to church. I, I heard somebody who was a church planner uh, put it this way, a saved person, they'll go to church anywhere, but you're trying to reach lost people too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they appreciate having somewhere that's presentable, that's clean, you know, that's, that's safe. And uh, I think, uh, you know, you could go too far in that direction and, and cater to people's desires and different things like that. But that's not my ministry philosophy. Um, but I don't think that following, uh, so to say, following the old paths and, and, and following the Bible means that it needs to be outdated or, you know, of course, you know, dilapidated or anything like that. So we'll see. Germans are going through a really interesting time uh, with this gas crisis, and there's a lot of economic uncertainty. Their economy is very depressed right now, which means a lot for us. I mean, really, for us economically, it's a positive thing because the exchange rate is so good. The dollar is so strong against the euro, and so I I don't know, but, you know, typically, like, buying a building for a church is it's really just out of the question. I mean, you're looking at well over a million dollars for something that's, you know, not really that big, but it, it, it could well be that the Lord might open an opportunity. And so I, I'm not sure, you know, and with all this economic uncertainty, nobody knows how things are going to turn. Um, but, uh, we're going regardless in March and, our hope is to, you know, get things lined up and start having services sometime in, in late spring or, or early summer Amen. of next year. Well, um, I sure do appreciate uh, Brother Fernie being willing to share his heart with us and with our listeners uh, regarding the nation of Germany. And uh, Brother Fernando, before we uh, prepare to sign off here, you know, the, the purpose of this podcast being for church members, what are a couple of things that you would say as a missionary what do you think is the most important thing for a church member to know or to do, or how do they participate with you uh, in your efforts to reach a place where most of them may never go? How can they help you with that? Sure. So I, I, I tried my best to really emphasize this um, on Sunday during services, but I, I really do believe that prayer is, it's just vital to God's, God's plan to reach the uttermost. And if there's, if you don't do anything else for missions, then pray. Uh, I hope you do more. I hope that you, you consider, you know, partners, partnering with missionaries and giving through your local church. That, that is a, I mean, that's not a, a something glamorous or, you know, but it's, it's a, practical i mean without that financial support we we can't do what we're doing the way that we're doing it and so you know that that's important as well but but prayer the more that i've been on the field i mean we we've just seen the lord answer so many prayers and work in so many ways that were specific and the timing was just i mean done in such a way that my my wife and i look over at each other and and we just know people are praying for us. And, and I appreciate that as a missionary, uh, both emotionally and, and practically, because God has opened doors. God has protected us. Um, not, I mean, not necessarily from danger, but just from people who would try to hinder our work and different things like that. Uh, and, 
I mean, and even in some major, you know, major ways, God has has really um, been evident. His hand has been evident upon our our ministry and on our lives, and that's a result of people back back home, back in America, holding the ropes through prayer and, and pleading with God through prayer. And uh, I just I just really want to encourage uh, those of you listening. Um, it works. It you know it it's it's hard to do and it's hard to find time. Uh, you know we're we're all pretty busy people nowadays. But uh, that would be really one thing. And and I mean it benefits us, but also I know that it's going to benefit you, your spiritual life and your spiritual growth as we as we work and labor and depending on God in in prayer. Amen. Yep. Well, thank you again so much for uh, your time and for sharing these things with us. And uh, we will be praying for you and your ministry and look forward to hearing how God is blessing and using you and your family there in the country of Germany, specifically as you get that church started uh, in the city of Essen. So thank you, Brother Fernie, and uh, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us here today. We would like to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. To the members of our church, we hope to see you in a service soon. If you're not a member of our church and you are ever in the Tulsa area, we hope that you'll come by and see us. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can find us online. We are on Facebook and Instagram, and our website is cbtchurch.com. If you enjoyed this interview, you can help us out by liking and subscribing using your preferred podcast provider. Thanks again. We hope that you have a blessed day.